Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Home Away from Dome. This time it's season two, episode eight, I believe. Yes, Awakening. Who's being awakened? What's being awakened? I don't know. I just watched the episode. I couldn't tell you. Maybe I'll realize it as we recap this episode. But uh, let's let's jump in. This is a fun one. Home. Away. From. Dome. All right. So a lot of very distinct plot lines this episode, all of them fun. Uh, So I'm just going to try and go through them sort of piece by piece because they don't overlap with each other too much. Um, I'll start with the sort of most boring one. So Sam and Pauline uh, are still chilling in the outside world with Lyle. Lyle's still repeating stuff like a TV crazy person. It's in the cards. Yesterday he was saying Melanie over and over again. Today it's in the cards. Fun fact. Pauline isn't at the mental hospital because she's crazy. She works there, um, I guess. I didn't pick that up last time, but she's able to leave whenever she wants, from what I can tell. So, I don't know. I, that, that That's uh, that's one on me. You're crazy! Don't call me that! I don't know why she would want to work at a mental hospital. Maybe because she <laughs> was almost institutionalized. She was like... You gotta keep my friends close and my enemies closer, so she decided to work there. I, I don't really know, but whatever. Uh, Sam obviously wants to just basically write himself out of the show. Like, if Sam could choose what he wants to do, he has no connection to anybody other than his sister. So, and, you know, it's, it's his sister. Like, he just went to visit her. He probably wants to be like, okay, bye now, and just leave. Never to come back in the show. What does it mean? Good luck finding out. Are you going somewhere? Anywhere. No, you cannot leave. Oh, wait, I got out of Chester's mill. This is my chance to start my life over. But Pauline's like, no, we gotta help Lyle. Lyle, the weirdo person who tried to acid burn Rebecca um, and is now a rambling, incoherent mess. Yeah, well, if you got out, there's gotta be a way in. Maybe he knows. Lyle doesn't even know his own name. Uh, Anyway, so they find out there's a new drug that might help him i don't know what this drug is like domerol or something like that but um yeah it's a mystery drug that'll knock him out of his tv psychosis syndrome and there are doctors here that are helping patients with the new drug it's experimental i asked them to try it on lyle but they said he doesn't fit the protocol so end of story you're an emt you can find a way to give it to him uh anyway they they do a little heist sam sneaks in because he's an emt or something they get the drugs give it to lyle Lyle wakes up and he remembers stuff. Pauline, the rapture come? This is heaven, huh? No, Lyle, you're not dead. You're alive. Now, something is interesting about Lyle. I believe he knows that Sam murdered Angie, or at least he should be suspicious, but he doesn't seem to bring that up at all. Um, anyway, they go back to uh, Pauline's house because Lyle has the postcards. And then Pauline's like, The obelisk wasn't the last postcard that I drew. There was one more, but the dome came down before I could send it. Red door. Why'd you draw this, Pauline? I don't know, but we better find it. So, yeah, fun plot line. Uh, I give that one a C. <laughs> but uh, we found out there's a red door. Eagle-eyed viewers might know that we saw a red door a few weeks ago in the end credits uh, when Barbie and his his dad were walking by a red door coming out of the ground. So maybe that's the red door. Maybe the red door is just the name of a trendy new bar. Really, who knows? (laughs) Okay. Um, So that's sort of the the shortest storyline. One of my more 
favorite storylines of the episode is Big Jim's. So Big Jim, uh, he he has some real smoldering looks in the beginning of this episode, but he looks at a Bible, uh, and then he picks up uh, the sheriff's badge. So finally, the sheriff is coming to where it's really should have been since the beginning. So Big Jim is now the sheriff. Uh, Barbie's gone. Someone has to wear the star. Uh, which creates a whole bunch of fun dynamics like this is the guy who um oh my god he tried to poison the entire town a few weeks ago i don't even know how he appointed himself sheriff like i don't think he can do that whatever he got the badge um it makes him junior's boss this is a police only area whatever councilmen do they do upstairs i'm no longer a councilman isn't being sheriff a little low on the totem pole for you the whole town who hates him now has to, you know, listen or get arrested. It's it's just it's just crazy. It's it's so fun. I don't know. I, I get the vibe that Junior is like getting a bit annoyed that they keep hiring a sheriff from like outside of the department. I go check this out. Why don't I come with you? Show the department's new employee the ropes. Like he's the most senior police officer in town. And he's been passed over for promotion from uh, Phil, from Barbie, from his dad. Didn't even get nepotism there. You got like reverse nepotism when they hire your dad in the spot that you want. Um, so yeah, it's 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 really disappointing because like Junior has a pretty good track record. Like he stayed on the job for weeks. All of the guys who replaced him like instantly taken out of commission. Junior ain't gonna fall off no bottomless cliff. He isn't going to blow up the town's food supply. He isn't Linda. <laughs> Junior's actually has a pretty proven track record, but anyway. Uh, Big Jim's first decree as sheriff is to wander around town and give all of the main characters walkie-talkies because they're important. I, I found a bunch of them in the closet at the station. I just wanted to give them out to, you know, key people, key locations. I wanted to give you this. It's uh, part of our new safety initiative. Your sheriff now? Yeah, sure I am. Thank God you gave me this walkie. You did a good job, Andrea. Thanks. We'll take it from here. I liked when he talked to Rebecca. She was sort of still hung up on the fact that, like, you know, Big Jim broke into her house last time they talked, but they they smoothed it over. <laughs> She's also the town's resident scientist, so. So I'm a key person. You're a resident scientist. It's now confirmed. She's not just a nosy, uh, middle school science teacher she is the town scientist yeah so that's how it starts unfortunately uh well junior comes and you know he's a bit annoyed at his dad who wouldn't be but they realize that uh, somebody has torn down the windmill i went to check on the windmill and someone had cut it down who the hell would destroy this thing especially after it saved us all from choking to death a few days ago the windmill that saved the town somebody must have gotten a ladder and unassembled it in the witching hour um speaking of the witching hour sorry this is a late record <laughs> um right after they find out the windmill has been taken down somebody has crashed a car into one of big jim's uh car rental signs and the car was one of big jim's cars that he sold and now it's on fire hello please uh yeah it's junior what's what's going on there's a fire at maple and thornton we need help so they put it out um the police do this i don't even know if they have a firefighter at this point like i know the firefighters left town i guess the trucks weren't there too so there's no real point to having a firefighting department but anyway it's the police's job now 
This is the opposite of defund the police. This is like defund the fire department and put the police in the fire trucks. Chester's Mill, uh, I would say ahead of the time. It's behind the time, both literally and uh, figuratively. <laughs> anyway, so Big Jim is pretty sure that what's going on is it's a conspiracy against him. I think someone's trying to send me a message. Not everything's about you, Dad. Because he made that windmill a thing, um, and he had that sign, and he sold that car, blah, blah, blah. So uh, <laughs> Rebecca and, and Junior and Big Jim were talking about, like, if the two crimes were related to uh, Big Jim or not. You're still not seeing the pattern? First they hit the windmill that I put up, now under a sign from my dealership. They torch a car, a car that I sold. You sold two-thirds of the cars in town. It's not a coincidence, son. And then Rebecca goes, Technically, two events are a coincidence. It takes three to make a pattern. Like, is she the scientist of grammar now? Rebecca and Junior are like, okay, well, you know, who are your enemies? And Big Jim's like, well, everybody in town and a few people outside of the dome. Just like, a, just a massive list of enemies. So who do you think could be mad at you? This could take a while. Well, there's Roger Lopez. Mm -hmm. There's Tom Tillman. Pisco uses pigs for the flu virus. And there's Phil Bushy. He's lying in a clinic with a gunshot wound to his chest. More likely, it's Terry Donahue or his brother Al. And there's, uh, there's Larry McCall. That can't be everyone. Let's well, start. Great. Uh, so they go off questioning people. Um, this, this leads to one of the most interesting connotations of the episode. Uh, it's when Junior and Rebecca are talking to the pig farmer from a few episodes ago. Uh, you'll remember... There was a pig farmer, and he had pigs that got the flu, and then Rebecca used that flu uh, to turn it into a super coronavirus to kill the town. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's funny to think that was like five episodes ago. Anyway, uh, and, and now Big Jim's the sheriff. <laughs> so he's like, I, I, I'm mad at you guys for killing all my pigs. And they're like, well, okay, we didn't kill your pigs. The, the flu was just a naturally occurring thing that I, you know, adapted to attack humans. Um, and it only killed like half of your uh, crop or whatever, or 75%, whatever. They, he still had pigs. But yeah, it turns out that the town was really mad at him because uh, they found out it was his pigs that were used uh, to make the virus. Does this... Are we supposed to imply that the town got so mad they came over and killed his pigs? Like, not even just that they were scared, but they were mad at the pigs? And so they killed the pigs? I don't know. Seems really weird. Anyway, so now he's, he's in... He's just... Those pigs were his lifeblood, apparently. I don't know. Felt like his farm probably had more than just those pigs, but whatever. Uh, so now he's in town selling all this stuff and basically saying, like, oh, man, he had a great quote. It was like, No, I used to admire your old man. Now I would spit on him if he was on fire. Which is uh, a great quote. <laughs> anyway, um, one person that Big Jim was pretty sure didn't uh, do these crimes is, of course, his enemy, DJ Phil. Uh, that's because Phil's in the hospital. Now, they don't show a shot that confirms that. So, of course, DJ Phil did do all of this. And he cold clocks uh, Big Jim just in the middle of the police station. Uh, because it's so understaffed, honestly. I know, 
Honestly, that's a great question about the police uh, hall because it seems like it should have like, you know, 10, 15, 20 people in it maybe when it's busy. Like, there were probably like clerks and like just other police officers, but it, it's always empty now. It's always just one guy in there who can be attacked by criminals. Anyway, Phil chains Big Jim up. Um, it's a really weird scene. I don't know. I, I think at this point the writers are like, we don't know what to do with Phil. So he's going to be a menace to the town. But what are you doing here? Let's just say you're not supposed to be out of the clinic. You won't be needing that anymore. That was just about you not being sheriff anymore. Because it was Julia and Barbie that fired you, not me. Oh, come on. Everybody knows that nothing happens in Chester's Mill without the hidden hand of Big Jim Rennie. You got me to do the dirty work for your plan to burn up the people's food. I was by your side, Jim. And I took a bullet for you. I almost died because I trusted you. Uh, Big Jim and Junior team up. Guess we can work together now. Yes, we can. Uh, Junior runs in and uh, Big Jim kicks Phil. And then the two of them team up to just beat up DJ Phil, which is impressive. Like, he's definitely the most ripped guy on the show. Um, which they, I think they did. They tried to keep it a secret in season one because he was just supposed to be like the stoner DJ guy. But now he is um, a menace <laughs> to society. Anyway, they uh, end up in uh, locking Phil up in jail, and then uh, Big Jim sort of just wanders off. It's sort of a weird subplot now that I think about it. Like, I don't really know what to take from it. Like, Big Jim became the sheriff, but I don't know. I don't know where this Phil stuff's going to go. <laughs> Hey guys, I just wanted to quickly touch on the silliest thing I found about Phil's plan. Uh, So as Steve mentioned, Phil goes and knocks out Big Jim when Big Jim is all alone at the police station. But as you'll hear from this clip, he does it right as Big Jim is in the middle of a walkie conversation with Junior. Dad, it's me. Are you there? Do you have any luck? Not yet, Junior. It's going to take a while. Ah. Dad, where are you? So the reason that's so dumb to me is because that's exactly why Junior knows he needs help and comes running to help him. If Phil had just waited literally five more seconds for them to finish their conversation and then he'd knocked Big Jim out, he wouldn't have been caught. So, I don't know. Phil's just an idiot. All right, back to you, Steve. All right, let's jump to the main plot line. This is where the fun begins. So Barbie is outside in the real world, as we know from last week. Um, he, he talks to his dad again, um, and, he's, and his dad's like, So, we can't get you to the dome, but we can send an email. But I can get an email to Julia if you want. You can do that? I made some calls to my friends in the military. Days ago when the dome went white and then cleared again, a signal was able to get through. But then they firewalled it. Yeah, but they'll drop it for me. Privilege has its perks. So Barbie's dad's company, Archeon, figured out how to send a signal through the dome and then immediately put a firewall around it to not let anybody else do that. Why? I don't, I don't know. The, re- the real question is, like, why is there not just constant communication with the outside? Like, there's no good reason for that. I, I don't get it. It'd be like... Okay, let's let's look at like the Flint water crisis, right? Like a small town in America has this uh, problem that gets headlines around the world, sort of a big issue, right? People would be very upset 
and I don't think people would accept it if the government just walled off the town and didn't let anybody speak to the outside world. Like, I get that the dome has problems, but it's a transparent dome that Barbie later in this episode shows you can write on it like a whiteboard. Like, there's there's no reason that people shouldn't be able to communicate. Um, and I think the fact that the government's just stopping that, like... Sure, the government can have secrets. Maybe they're, like, doing test results and things that people don't know about. But, like, to lock them in in this weird, like, you can't talk to people in the outside world, it's it, it's just crazy. Um, my favorite part about this whole scene, by the way, is just that Barbie wants to send an email to Julia. And so he has to be like, uh, yeah, she has email. Well, send it to Joe. And the guy's like, oh, that's her email address? And he's like, no, Joe's like this friend, this kid she hangs out with and this is the address you want to send it to scarecrow joe is that hers no it, uh, that's a kid that she's friends with he's kind of a computer nerd but he's got the best chance of seeing anything come through dad's like oh okay well that's weird why is she hang out with a teenager barbie are you dating a younger woman but anyway <laughs> barbie then goes to chill at the playground that he appeared in zenith like a total creep some kid comes up and asks him what's going on. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing the same thing myself. I'm just waiting here, hoping a friend shows up to meet me. But then, this dude who is looking through CCTV cameras of that park, so if you thought Barbie was creepy, there's a guy watching Barbie, and he's like, oh my god, it's Barbie. Gotcha. And he, like, you know, he knows that, like, who Barbie is and probably where he's been, so. Uh, we don't learn his name for a while. I was calling him Wade, uh, if you ever if you ever watched Kim Possible, but uh, eventually we learn his name is Hunter. Um, but he's sort of the tech guy on the show. Joe's gonna be pissed when they find out. Maybe they they realize that it'd be weird if Joe knew how to hack into government level, uh, you know, uh, security clearances. So they decided to go with a, a new character to do that. And this isn't a one off. I'm pretty sure he'll be here for a few episodes. So uh, keep Hunter in mind. Uh, Barbie uh, starts getting followed by Hunter. Is your first time tailing someone? Actually, yeah. Yeah, it shows. Barbie immediately arrests him in, like, broad daylight. Like, he pulls him into an alleyway, but he also, like, pulls him, like, three feet into the alleyway. Like, I'm sure people just walked by, and it was sort of like a Kitty Genovese type of scenario. But uh, they have a very tense, like... Uh, I'm not your enemy, I'm your friend. And Barbie's like, uh, I don't trust you. Uh, Hunter reveals that uh, Barbie's dad uh, has doctored the email that Barbie wanted to send. Barbie was basically saying, jump through the, <laughs> jump off a cliff, Julia. But uh, Barbie's dad added a line that said, and bring the egg. So Barbie's dad knows about the egg. And for some reason, it's keeping secrets from Barbie. Pretty sus, if you ask me. For my viewers who don't keep up with the cool teen lingo, sus is short for suspect. Pretty suspect. Who am I kidding? My entire viewer base doesn't keep up with the cool teen lingo. Other than Lindsay. I don't know if Lindsay counts as viewer base, though. Lindsay, are you part of the viewer base? Cool. Okay. <laughs> So Barbie hacks into his dad's computer. It's password protected. Put in the jump drive. I hate when people do this also. Like, he did in the middle of the day, like. All right, how security makes the rounds every two minutes? How long is this going to take? About that long. 
his dad ends up just walking into the room halfway through because, you know, he probably was coming back from getting a pot of coffee or something. And Barbie has to stall, and Barbie's dad is sort of like, hmm, suspicious. Uh, basically, nothing is done in this scene. The only thing we'd find out is that Hunter was telling the truth. Like, the email was doctored, but we sort of knew that already. Oh, my God, he did change it. Now, do you believe me? Was my dad one with the egg? Yeah, what is that thing? I can't let Julia jump. Basically, Barbie gets a tour of uh, his dad's workplace. We find out a little bit more about his dad's company. They are working with the government. I haven't been entirely truthful with you. The message you had me send to Julia, it went to her, not through the military. It came from here. We were the first to discover a way to get a Wi-Fi signal into the dome. Which you then shared with your friends in the military. For a healthy profit, we kept a back door as a way to be able to use it ourselves. That can't be legal. No, which is why it was a huge risk for us to send that message. And the one we're about to send. Uh, so what, a lot of times when his dad's been mentioning the government, he's sort of been mentioning his own company. Uh, we find out that Hunter actually works for this company, but he's like a double agent. So he works for Barbie's dad, but he wants to help Barbie. It's very confusing. How long you worked here? Ever since they called me sneaking into their server two years ago, finding out stuff they didn't want anyone to know. But they co-opted you. It was that or get tossed to the feds, so I'm on the payroll securing the systems against people like me. You talk way too much. Uh, eventually, he gives Barbie some details so Barbie can sneak in as a tech guy to go look at the dome. You're going to get me to the dome. The place where the National Guard shoots trespassers on site? Yeah, and you're going to do it, or the military's going to find out that you've been breaking through their firewall. There's... I don't know, there's a lot of weird stuff here. But first off, Barbie decides to <laughs> put on glasses because he's a nerd now, and he goes up and they, they check his identity, and it matches the fake one uh, Hunter put in the database. Identification? Michael Bryant, Acteon, radiation specialist. That's me. Just like, it's the worst... It's the worst infiltration I've ever seen. Then he forgets to th scan his thumb like an idiot because, you know, his thumb data was in there. So he must have known that they wanted his thumbprint. Thumb scan. Right. Now you're clear. Uh, then he walks in and he sees some paramilitary guys and he's like, Excuse me. How far is it to the dome? 16 clicks. But a civilian like you needs an escort to go in here. Of course. What, what are you guys with? Stick to your science. They're clearly supposed to be evil that that's the thing any chance a tv show has like you know you want to use the military to be a bad guy but like i don't know this is cbs like they're not they don't they they don't want to make it seem like the american military is the bad guy so it's this big confrontation so you make them the most paramilitary military operation you can even have it's like not only is this like contract soldiers they don't even like they won't even tell you who they are. This isn't Blackwater. This is like uh, the Doom Patrol. But anywho, uh, Barbie. I don't even know how to describe it. Barbie summers. No, not somersaults. I guess just rolls underneath their truck and grabs onto the bottom of it and uh, rides that for a few hours. Gets close to the dome, rolls out into the woods, runs through the woods, runs at the dome. Uh, and that's when he meets. Julia and so let me backtrack a bit because that's the final plot line of the episode Julia's uh, inside the dome <laughs> saga I don't know how to describe it
Okay. So Julia's in the dome and, you know, she doesn't know what's going on in the outside world. Uh, she still doesn't, she still believes that Barbie is dead. The man I love is dead. I watched him go over that cliff. Even though I've said this many times, that that's silly. There's lots of reasons to think that he's alive. Even that egg just sort of told you that he's fine, but whatever. Uh, they get the doctored email from uh, Barbie. Uh, Joe, Joe was... Joe got the email while starting a vlog. Him and Nori are just hanging out. Ta-da. Welcome to my vlog. Video blog. Is there like a Chester's Mill Film Festival sometime soon? No, no. It's so everybody will know what it's like living inside this stupid dome. Even though we can't post it because we don't have a Wi-Fi signal anymore. Just as an aside, I love this type of scene. Um, Joe and Nori were just doing a vlog and then they got an email. Uh, that's the whole point of the scene. Uh, but for the first minute and a half, they're just doing a vlog. Uh, or talking about doing a vlog and it has no importance it doesn't really matter and that's what I that's what I love about TV shows like there's there's this thing a phrase I've heard before like every frame is a painting like every frame in a movie or something like that you know like it serves a purpose and there's like reason behind it you can you can really craft a work of art by like using every moment the way you want to but with a tv show you got a lot of time to kill and i sort of like when just things that don't matter come up for a good minute or two because uh, it gives you a chance to just sort of you know see into the characters minds uh <laughs> i don't know it's it's sort of like on a tv show nobody ever sneezes unless they're about to like get a cold i don't know it's it's nice on a tv show to have stuff that happens that doesn't really matter like joe's vlogging <laughs> Although I'm sure I'm going to be wrong. I'm sure they're going to start vlogging somewhere else soon, but uh, in like the next episode or something. I was wrote in my comments, Nori's wearing like a bad shirt, and I just thought it was like pretty lame. So that's my little fashion corner of the week. <laughs> um, the email's pretty bland. Let's just play the email. Julia, I love you. We'll see each other soon. All it takes is a leap of faith, so get the egg and bring it with you, Barbie. Yeah, Julia doesn't even believe it's Barbie that sent it because there's no defining characteristics to it. How do we even know that it's him? He doesn't say anything to prove that it is. I think I might have made this comparison before of like blind faith in the dome, but this is a great episode of basically like, if Barbie told you to jump off a cliff, would you? And it seems like uh, basically, yes, Julia, Nori, Joe, they've all basically committed to jumping off a cliff. That must mean it's safe for you to jump off that cliff. I don't even know that it's him. If it is, I'll do whatever he wants. I'd jump in a second. It seemed like they all wanted to immediately, but uh, Julia's like, no, I'm not doing it until we can hear from Barbie. Amy, we can get him a note. If that cliff is really the way out of here, he will be waiting wherever it leads. Like a message in a bottle with a question that only he can answer. Yeah, that's, that's sort of how the episode goes. Uh, Julia's waiting for a response from uh, Barbie. Uh, Barbie sends uh, another email. This time, oh, this was the best. They were, they were all hanging out in the caves. Wrap your note around this. What is this? It's a paperweight Big Jim used to give out with every used car. My dad hated it almost as much as the lemon Jim sold him. It'll take your note straight through whatever the hell is down there, and it'll also prove to Barbie that it's actually from Chester's Mill. And Joe gets Wi-Fi on his Mac, so, like, not only is this Wi-Fi able to get through the dome, which I assumed was, like, some sort of, maybe, like, a frequency or something like that, like, 
oh, it can penetrate through the dome. He gets it like 20 feet underground in a cave. So I don't even think it's anything magic. It's just like a super powerful Wi-Fi blast that can penetrate steel or the dome. I guess at that point it can penetrate anything. Hey everyone, so Steve did say that Joe was using a Mac, but what he is forgetting that of course Joe was not using a Mac, he was using his Windows Surface tablet. So that, of course, is why he was able to get signal, even in the bottom of a magical cave. Anyway, they get an email. It's actually pretty clever. Barbie describes their first kiss and then says, it's your stray. Julia, hang in there. Whenever you get scared, just remember the first time we kissed. At the dome by Joe's house at sunset, the star's coming out. I can't wait to hold you there again. Love your stray. He's alive. So you're gonna jump? No, he doesn't want me to. He wants to meet face to face. How do you know that? He proved it was him by signing it your stray. I called him that once. The thing about the first kiss? Wrong place, wrong time, wrong weather. Yeah, it was actually in the middle of town late at night in the pouring rain. Mm. The dude does have some romance in him. My pet theory is Barbie just you know he doesn't he's not as into this relationship as julia is and he's mistook their first kiss for his first kiss with someone else uh but anyway so julia's like okay well i'm gonna meet him where we did our first kiss which he said it was by joe's house which is near the dome but she knows that it's a bit fishy so so she doesn't bring her teenage best friends so it's just julia there so she drives over there hangs out there for a bit and this is where barbie arrives and Barbie in our lost corner of the week, uh, he writes, not Penny's boat on the wall. No, I'm just kidding. He writes, not safe out here. And then don't. Now, he meant to write don't jump, but the uh, Doom Patrol has caught him. And so he is pulled away. Julia is, of course, yelling like a mad woman. No, get away from him! Take your hand! Don't jump! This is a great scene, of course, also, because Big Jim is watching with binoculars from, like, 50 feet away, which is, honestly, I love it when Big Jim does that. So, all of our main characters are here. It's a crucial moment. Big Jim finds out Barbie's alive. Julia finds out that it's not safe out there. Barbie tells Julia not to jump. That's great. (laughs) I'm gonna flip this. I think Barbie's an idiot. I think that Barbie should have said... Everybody should jump immediately. Like, who cares that his dad's out there and is a little bit sketchy? They're stuck in the dome and every week it gets worse. Like, it's... Like, what is he worried about? Is it the egg? Right? Jump without the egg. Just don't bring the egg. There you go. Problem solved. Like, is is this energy company going to abduct an entire town that comes out? Like, because... If, if the whole town comes out of that, uh, jumps off the cliff, like, you can't cover that up. Like, if it's just Julia, sure, they'll snatch her up. But, like, I, I would hope Julia's getting the whole town out, so I don't know. This just seems like they didn't think it through. Like, they want some secret way out of the town that only one person can take. But, like, they should be getting the whole town in a single file line and going off that cliff. But no, now Barbie has said it's not safe, so they're not going to be doing it. So 
whatever. All right, so how does this episode relate to uh, Toronto? Well, I talked about the government uh, censorship a bit, you know, like not letting people talk from the inside, but that was pretty minor, so I did want to touch on uh, one more point, which is uh, appointing a sheriff, um, or just, you know, overall, how do you appoint a leader in this type of society? Um, Because we have to assume that the mayor and all of our town council was potentially at a parade in mississauga or something i don't know why they went to that it's it's sort of a funny scenario that the whole leadership of this town was in another town for a parade um but one thing that i think is pretty confident is that the old elected leaders will probably not have quorum like there won't be enough people in the dome to actually use the old systems of government so how do we create a new one and how do we like who decides how we create a new one um julia had a great approach of just doing it off screen and saying she's gonna be the champion of the people uh as she self-appoints herself um (laughs) maybe maybe we can uh get democracy going i don't know it seems like a lot of work to count ballots and all that stuff um maybe it would make sense to just sort of have a sheriff's badge and whoever can hold the badge sort of like a talking stick is the sheriff um it's a very easy system (laughs) promotes strength i think it I, i i'd like that oh boy all right, well, it, it's it's 1 a.m. I got I to gotta nap. And by nap, I mean sleep. It's not a nap at this point. But, uh, yeah, that's episode 8, Awakening. <laughs> Ironic. Uh, yeah, looking forward to episode 9, though. Uh, I, I, don't think I, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but we passed the halfway point. We're more than halfway done under the dome and therefore home away from dome. So uh, thanks for listening, uh, and uh, thanks for coming on this journey with us. And uh, maybe, maybe Lindsay has something to add. Bye. Hey, hey. So um, I have a few couple points just to quickly touch on before we get to some really great out-of-context clips this week. So my first one, I just want to touch on Steve's uh, thought process on how do you decide government under these domes, and I would like to put forward and nominate the idea that was previously brought up about putting all of the candidates in a tree and just shaking it. I'm just saying I think that would work really well. Okay, the second thing I wanted to talk about um, was Joe, Nori, and uh, Melanie, I think her name is. So... Firstly, they have this part where they're left alone by Julia and they're talking about how much it sucks that they can't help. And Nori says, brings up like, oh, wow, is, is, you know, it's really, it sounds scary outside the dome. Is Barbie even going to be able to get back? And Joe says this. I'll have to travel past the military's perimeter and then travel who knows how far to the dome wall. There's a lot of room for error. How does Joe know any of that? Like, (laughs) that feels like ridiculous because Joe doesn't know a single thing like they know nothing outside the dome so that that line really kind of pissed me off especially because now we have people outside the dome who could bring up this stuff if we wanted the audience to know so I don't know it's also just unnecessary because we're watching it we already know how tough it is anyways 
the second thing I also wanted to talk about Joe. Um, so the other funny thing about those three, uh, mostly Nori and Joe this episode, are that they get weirdly jealous of um, Barbie and Julia's relationship. Like, there's a couple lines I'm going to play you, um, specifically Joe, where he very much is like, Barbie is my best friend, not yours. Like, I'm his best friend. So here, here, I'll just play them. We're the ones who got the email. Yeah, and found the signal first. This is different. It's about Barbie. He's our friend, too. I met him before anyone. And he sent me an email. Well, he sent it to me, but it was for you. Yeah, so, I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Joe basically just being like, uh, I'm Barbie's best friend in the dome, not you, Julia. <laughs> All right, so on that note, uh, here's some other great out-of-context clips. You're joking. I was joking. One of us would be laughing. I still need your help, but the three of us need to go to Chester's Mill. What the hell for? I don't know. Pauline, it's terrible there. Where were you today, Tom? None of your damn business. It's called being romantic. Boys just don't get it. Oh, right. I'm talking to two girls who probably loved The Notebook. What's The Notebook? Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> We're never getting out of here alive. Yeah, we all got problems. You'll never believe this. He's right. I barely did. It's already to be so dramatic. So you driving by, wanted to check in. And hey, if this is a setup, you're going to have a hell of a time picking up your teeth with broken fingers. I get it, you're tough. Yeah, right about here. Right about here or right here. You have to know exactly, Joe. Yeah, right here. I hope you enjoyed those clips. I had a lot of fun with them. See you next week. Bye.